I miss people who did this. We have so much golden just stuff nuggets going on before the show actually starts. And we've missed a lot of those <laughs> because, like, nope, we're not recording yet. Popper to the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper to the People, a little different lineup this week in the middle of a a building episode. Uh, We got uh, Peter. Hello. And the boss, Mr. Chris. Hey, guys. (laughs) How are you guys doing this week? Doing pretty good. I'm doing good. I gotta say, yeah. I was I was editing the show next week, and next uh, you were talking last week. Yeah. See, I'm already off to a good start. It's not like I don't still do this every week yeah. with a different show. Um, and Nate had mentioned, you know, we're looking for a new host, so we need to get in touch with Chris. We need to talk to Chris and, and find out what his thoughts are about this because it's his show. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I left it in. I left it in to make the joke this week because when I heard it. <laughs> I felt like some. It was like you were saying. Well, you know, I know Daddy's not around a lot, but he's got to spend time with his new family too. And a <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit of twisting it in there. God, it's your, it's your guys' show as much as it's my show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we still have that anyway. fear that the boss will come downstairs. You guys f***ed it up. Seriously, <laughs> I step out for like a month, and this is what you do. <laughs> You, no, you don't get to do this anymore. Just take the rights away from us. Every time I try and find you guys a new third, you always scare them away. And so... <laughs> get a new toy and we, we get a new toy and we break it. I'm not going to set you up with dates anymore if this is the thanks I get. <laughs> I blame Nate. <laughs> Me and Chris, we ever got together or got or worked together really well. We all three of us work together. But there's always so many times you can just hear Nate say something and go, What? <laughs> did, did that just happen? <laughs> well, um, for the for the record, um, I had spoken with, with Chris a little bit you know, before when he was still trying to make the decision to stay or go. And, um, you know, I, I know you guys have already echoed the sentiment, but I really appreciate him stepping in to help out. Oh, and yeah. Can totally understand and respect, you know, putting – Putting family as a priority. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah. that's always rule number one. He's transitioning, so. he's transitioning from navy to civilian. Yeah, <laughs> that that's that takes a lot. There's a lot that goes into that because everything changes. <laughs> yeah, my dad was navy, so yeah, understand a little bit about that. So yeah, he's just gonna miss not being able to play with all that semen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes. Not even like ten minutes into the show, we've already got this. Yeah, it's gonna be great. My friend, anyway. my Jeremiah, put this uh, put this joke on Twitter, and let's see if you guys get it right away because I did, but I had a few for a few of my friends that didn't. Um, if you pour root beer into a square cup, do you get do you get nothing but beer? Stupid math one. jokes. Yeah, that is like. Slightly above puns. Yeah, I know, but it, it's uh, it, like my wife got it right away and started laughing. I got it right away and started laughing because it's just me. It's one of my really, really good friends from high school. But uh, yeah, there are some people that didn't get it, and it's like math. <laughs> but just, no, <laughs> no, why? I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. See, you're the reason why people still come up with pun jokes. I know. Apologize to all of humanity. No, I enjoyed it. But uh, what do you do this week, Peter? Me? Uh, been working on a board game. Then been doing some uh, popper stuff. And other than that, not too much. Yeah. Um. Well, I played a little bit of MTGO. Uh, but then I... Uh, my my business that I started with uh, buying and selling on eBay has exploded, and I'm busy constantly. <laughs> I, uh, I I I pretty much sold half my inventory. 
But I, I sold out half of what I have available for inventory to this last weekend. And spent, uh, which we'll go into later, but quite a bit of time on a bidding war, trying to get trying to get one card on freaking eBay because it's just on fire right now and everybody wants it. So bidding is just ridiculously harsh. So I was doing that. Um, played EDH twice this week on Friday night and Saturday night. Um, uh, there's a kid, some, I was at EDH league at uh, sneak attack this Thursday and I ran into these, these two people who are just getting into the format and they have no, they, they didn't know where to start on their builds. And they had a general idea for a build, and I'm like, "Well, I don't work Friday night. If you guys want to come over to my house, I'll help you, help you, you know, set your decks up and all that." So, help them set their decks up. We played a game so they could test it out. Had the had the say had the group meet on Saturday. Played EDH late again, and then uh, yeah, that's about all I really been up to. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, we'll go into the whole e the financial section. I'll talk about eBay a little bit. So, so Mr. Plummer, what have you been up to? <laughs> Building a website from scratch. Yeah, I, I checked that out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so um, I it's been mentioned quite a few times on on the Playing for Cheap's. Uh, podcast, but if you don't listen to that one and you listen to this one, here we go. Um, MTG Cast got new ownership, and they wanted to kind of refocus their vision on making sure they were providing Magic: The Gathering content, which we were not. Um, so we exited that and pursued independent hosting. So having not done any of that in my life before, it was kind of a crash course and. How, do, how does one host a podcast? How does one create a website? How does one acquire a domain name? So I got all that taken care of and basically flipped the switch on it on Saturday. Well, Sunday morning, probably about 1.30 in the morning approximately. So got all that up and running and you know, migrating podcasts from the MTG Cast Network over to the independent host and and just just all that type of stuff, all of the all the crazy back work that you know goes into doing a show, but you don't really realize until you're on your own doing it. Yeah. So, I guess you need to go back and go through your logs and find all your old stuff and start the archives up, or are you just doing a started from that point on? Well, we started from that point on, and then um, <laughs> basically the the hosting service we we use, we have a set amount of megabytes we can upload a month, and I've got it set to where with doing a weekly show, we have enough left over to get a couple of the, the old episodes up in, from the archive. So I've been, I, I re-released episode one and then didn't realize that the host we use is on Greenwich Mean Time. And so it rolled over to a new month without me being aware of it. So I have to wait until the end of this month to get a few more up. But eventually we'll be there. Yeah. And so then just determining... um types of content we want to put up on on it because you know I, we're doing a weekly podcast i've written a couple of video game reviews and i want to pursue doing some video content um funny story i had a well i still have a ps3 that broke oh. and um my one of the buddies i used to work with shane said that he found this technique to try and fix it wherein you gut the ps3 you dump a bunch of stuff called Arctic Silver on it, and you bake it in your oven for three hours at 500 degrees, and it fixes it. And I was like, yeah, man, whatever. I mean, have some fun, because it's not like I'm playing this thing anyway. Yeah. Um, so he did it, and lo and behold, it worked. And so I got it back from him, paid him 20 for the Arctic Silver stuff. It worked for about six hours, and then it died again. Oh. So I think that to introduce video content to the site, I think what I'm going to do is drive it out to my brother's house um, in the in the middle of the farmlands there and tie a blindfold around the PS3 and put like three or four rounds there in there. There you like, go. Just to, God. Put it as misery. Just, yeah, and you know, be like, Microsoft says hi, and then <laughs> blam, 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 blam. Do the awesome. artistic 
black white shot sad music going on slow mo <laughs> it falls so. over because <laughs> matt and i um my co-host matt tuna yeah. um we've always been really we both we're both xbox first and foremost it's not a it's not a preference it's more of a since the original Xbox days, all of my friends have been on Xbox. Yeah. So as you move up in systems, you just you know stick with what you have more friends on. Yeah. So we've always been very cautious of being like we're not we're not Microsoft fanboys. We do like both systems, and so I figure what better way that to um to to kind of dispel that myth than by you know Mozambiquing a, a Sony product just to be like <laughs> yeah. yeah we're not Xbox fanboys whatsoever. Glock Glock. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not like it's not like I'm not one to bash my guitar on stage, so to speak. But you know, I mean, I tried to fix it. It's just it's dead, dead. And now the warranty's voided because we gutted it and all that good stuff. Yeah. So you might just kind of why not? Then <laughs> yeah, why not have some fun with it anyway? Yeah. So I figure, yeah, we're you know equal equal time to all consoles, and then you know brutally execute a PS3 to prove it. You know. Yeah. I just thought that would be pretty funny. That'd be cool. And then Matt's like, "No, we can't do that." I'm like, "Okay, that." Matt's usually the one that says we probably shouldn't do that, and then that's all the proof I need to be like, "All right, we're doing it then." <laughs> Glad you're on board. Let's do this. But yeah, but... you need someone. You need someone like that on your show. That's just like the voice of reason, so you can tell him to. So you know that when he says you go too far, you're just about at the right spot. <laughs> Uh, and that's about it. I mean, we'll talk about, um, the article in the good yeah. read section, but, you know, playing a little bit of magic online, nothing too serious, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. And then in other news, we got Jace versus Vraska. They have, re- they have released the cards that are going to be in the decks. They just haven't released the amounts. Um, at common level, uh, prohibit will be reprinted. So... And I, and I believe Jace versus Vraska will be on both online and paper. So that could change prices a little bit because the reprinting prohibit. Uh, one of the big ones, and I think out of every out of all the cards being reprinted in this set, the biggest one and the the biggest of all of all is remand is being is is being reprinted at uncommon at, as an uncommon. Well, it. Always was uncommon, but the reprinting remand, which for those that play modern, remand is one of the one of the big counterspell cards. Like because they can't ha- you can't have counterspell in modern because it's uh you know it doesn't it's, it wasn't reprinted in eighth edition. It's strictly to the older sets. So remand is the go-to counterspell card in modern. And Remand, if you're not familiar, it's blue and a colorless instant. Counter-target spell. If that spell is countered this way, put it into its owner's hand instead of that player's graveyard and then draw a card. Yeah. So a little bit of a trade-off. You're getting a cantrip out of it, but they can easily play that spell again next turn. Yeah. But usually... Still, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, use it properly and, and yeah. you know you can be pretty effective with it. The deck that that is played in in modern, it, you, the deck that's played in in modern, usually it's uh it's it's if, if they're remanding, you're you're almost dead. You you're not going to get a chance to even use that card again. <laughs> when they when they pull it off. So, it's usually the linchpin ends of the game when they're playing the deck that the remand's <laughs> in. If you go to Gatherer and look at the uh Jace versus Vraska art of it uh, the first comment is, I believe this is an artist's depiction of the banning of Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah. So. And then at rare level, uh, most uh, EDH players will love this. Uh, Future Sight is being reprinted. That is uh, the enchantment that uh, you get to play at the top card of your, your library revealed. While the enchantment's in play. And I believe it's like a three blue or something like that. Three blue, two colorless. Yeah, play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library. So you get an extra card to play with, but your opponent can see it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty big in EDH. It's, it's uh, most most really good blue decks play it. So 
it's the, you know what, I have a Brazilian mana, so I'm just going to keep playing my deck until I hit my win con. Uh-huh. Usually. Yeah, that's usually what they do. They pull off an infinite loop with it and just play everything out. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that's the, the all in all. I'm th- thinking it's looking pretty good, especially for the remands. Although we don't know the numbers yet, they're ju- they've just released what's in it. They haven't released how many they're going to put in it. Um, so basically, that's where we're at with that. Um, in Goodreads section, we have Brennan's article on MTGO Strat, the standard deviations. Uh, talking about the gauntlet and submitting decks and all that. So yeah, if you if anyone's interested in doing that, uh, get your stuff in and uh, so they can so you can start the gauntlet because uh, Popper uh, here uh, the people here at Popper the people have put up some decent prize support for it. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, we're uh, Chris is putting up a, a full is he he's putting up full play sets of all the standard. Was it? I think you just said a playset of most of the standard popper yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the with standard with an additional popper. foil uh, bull rush playset. Yes, want. yes, uh, <laughs> a foil playset of bull rush and uh, all. I'm sorry, Grant. You still have all those bull rushes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also a uh, a playset of most of the standard popper cards. And then uh, also we're giving the the poop the chant the person who champions the deck. Will be getting a uh, a free get getting a, a invite to come and uh, co-host a show on Popper to the people. So they'll be, just be our special guest, whoever champions that deck. That'd be cool. The winning deck. So that's, that's not that's not just because we're short of co-host. That actually is an honor. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kill two birds. Yeah. So it's fun bringing it, to me. It's it's just fun bringing get bringing guests on and all that. So especially once you get all the Skype stuff worked out. Yeah, no if, kidding. If I could get away with it, I'd probably if I if I could get away with it, I would probably try to do a special guest every week. But you know, it's it trying trying to figure all that out and yeah, it's just crazy. Especially lining up Skype and all that and. Whatever time zone they're in. <laughs> oh my god. I call that still a thing. It's like, we'll just record right now. Me and Nate are the only ones who've ever been in the same time zone, really, when recording yeah. the show hasn't it been. Because yeah. Mikey was yeah. always on the East Coast. Chris, you're on the West Coast. We got our friends, we got our Vikings from way over yonder. And God, who else have we all hide on here? Uh, Grant. Where's Grant from? I thought, was he Midwest or was he East Coast? He's Midwest. Midwest. I think he's the same. He, he's. Either a time or he's an hour behind you guys. Yeah, it's like yeah, time zones just crazy. So getting guests on this show is absolutely insane. <laughs> so yeah, it's just there's a lot more work that goes into it than than one would think. Trying to get all Skypes lined up and making sure uh, the program that will not be named continues to not be a jerk. <laughs> Also, if anyone's got a wise idea of a better program that could be used to replace this terrible thing, we'd also be more than willing to hear it, because that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily, because then my program doesn't work anymore. I, my, my program that I bought to record specifically says Pamela for Skype. Yeah. Uh, we'll never I mean, buy them. There's Google Hangouts, but that's a whole other can of worms. God, so. no. Yeah. Just no. No. I, I paid $31 for this program. We're not switching. That's true. <laughs> so, fair enough. <laughs> but you have it forever. I know I have it forever, <laughs> but it's useless if we're not using it, and I just wasted thirty-one dollars if we're not using it. Yeah. So, but yeah. So there's that. Uh, but yeah. So that's what we're doing with the uh, Brennan's uh, standard popper gauntlet, and then the mothership has a, 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 a article called "Juicing Creative." By uh, it's by Adam Stibor- by Stiborski, and basically it's talking about the commander format and how how open the format actually is, and and stuff like that. Where I mean, you can it's just that it's basically for for everyone who plays EDH, it's 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 basically every it's a format full of janky decks. <laughs> I wouldn't say janky. And it a depends whether or not you tune it to one yeah. versus. Yeah. 
multiplayer. But on the multiplayer level, it's a lot of a lot of fun jank. So, but that's a pretty good article that goes into talking about a lot of different cards and a lot of different decks. A lot of cool deck ideas here. Um, have a few deck ideas from it myself. And then we have the third article by Chris Plummer. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Tragic the Gathering. Okay, so I think I was in... I, I can't remember where I was when I thought of this, but hey, Tragic Rhymes with Magic. Um, so I just I just published the third article in this series, and basically it's just me trying to discover the fun in this game again uh, versus, you know, getting burnt out from trying to be an authority or some, a quote unquote expert on it. Yeah. And so just kind of what I've done is just all the stupid stuff that you've always wanted to do or wanted to try, or just the, the garbage that you think about doing with your buddies. I'm just kind of putting it into article form and, um, just trying to find some deeper meaning within all of them, but but trying to stay lighthearted with it. So, uh, for instance, article number one, um, I basically was like, hey, you know what? There's quite a few coin flip cards in Magic. Let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> and so I made a deck called Luxac, which was, the entirety of it was revolved around coin flips. And the responses I get to it are pretty hilarious. Uh, for some of them, for the first two I did videos... I've got my obviously I've got my recording equipment back now, so I need to record some videos to update the the one I recently did. But it was just like you know, you hear these things once you move away from the kitchen table. You start to hear things like, "Well, you can't play that card because this you know you can't play card A. Card B is better, or this card is a suboptimal card, or your build is a suboptimal build." And so you try and take yourself to that next level, and then. In my case, a couple of years go by, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, I'm not having fun doing this anymore. And then yeah. people start to tell you, you know, that's a suboptimal build, and you kind of go, well, like, I don't really give a shit. It's fun. <laughs> and and that's kind of what, I, what I'm trying to capture and trying to be entertaining with doing it. And, for instance, the one you linked here, the underdogs um, – dealing with all this website stuff with, of creating my own, it got me thinking about being an underdog. And then I thought, well, you know what? There's planeswalkers that are, that everyone says this is a bad planeswalker. And it's like, well, why is it a bad planeswalker? Yeah. Um, and who cares? Let's put it in the deck and see what happens. So, you know, you get to see what happens when, you try to put Chandra Blaze and, and Sarkin the Mad into a modern burn deck, and the results are, are pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's just let's just have fun, you know. Let's let's get back to it being a game and and making each other laugh about it, like when you're playing around the kitchen table. And it, it's just been a lot of fun to do. So you know, mission accomplished in that regard. Yeah. And I've got a couple more. I'm starting to come up with ideas where it's like I need to have friends to play against because some of these are pretty stupid and trolly and I'm not doing it to be mean, but it's like, Hey, come play a match with me and just go with it. Okay. <laughs> is, is rapidly where these articles are going to be going pretty soon. So, you know what, if you ever do like videos with these articles, I might be game for that. Yeah. Um, I need to do some videos for this one. I've got, the, I've got the one I'm brewing up for the next one. That is definitely like, I need, friends online to play these with so that people don't hate me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but um yeah you know check it out if you want they're they're under the casual section of mtgo strat yeah. and you know i hope people enjoy reading them as much as i enjoy writing them yeah the thing so yeah the thing i like about the article is the the underdogs the planeswalkers that you do mention because like Two of the three are actually my favorite. Uh, Chandra Blaze is like, in, in all the creation, yeah, she is a bad planeswalker. But I, I think without, uh, I think the only reason that made her bad, the only thing that made this card bad was the casting cost. If they would have changed the casting cost, I think more people would have built around her. 
Yeah, and I mean, Sark and the Mad was another one too, where it's just like, <laughs> look, it's it's weird. It's a very weird set of abilities, yeah. but you're gonna stick a dragon dude in a set with Eldrazi. Yeah, that makes no sense. You know, if you're gonna play a fatty in the set, you're gonna play an Eldrazi. I like Sark and the Mad just because he's like the only suicidal planeswalker. I mean, this is a planeswalker that's trying to kill himself. This is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in a world where Jace is all powerful. You you, you have Jace, Jace wanting to control everything. You have this planeswalker that literally has a gun to his head. <laughs> and it's one of those things where um, I say, okay, what are the what are the worst planeswalkers? I've got a hunch, but <laughs> magic players are nothing if not opinionated. So let's take this to Google. And it was like seventy eight percent on most of these forums are like Chandra Blaze. So, okay, we know our color. Yeah. <laughs> And then I figured Sark in the Mad because he doesn't get any love. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I've played about ten matches with this deck, and he still doesn't get any love. But at least he's on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, so. he, if anything, I'm, I'm guessing you're playing him as a Bob. Um, no, he's mostly just, well, I guess I've got a grip of Sarkins left in my hand. Oh, because, like, you do, you can play him as a Bob because he's a five drop and you reveal the top card and you get to take it, but you lose life for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he's a Bob. I mean, it's just a Bob, it's Bob's ability. Yeah. Start confident. The, the, the problem comes, into hand, comes in when everything else in your deck is designed to kill someone before turn five. This is <laughs> That's true. That's what makes it so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid, but it's so much fun to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty good article, I thought. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I liked it. <laughs> and then, uh, topic one isn't really a moment. I really have one. Uh, just, just talking here. Uh, the metagame. Uh, Peter's... De- de- Never worst again. Enemy. Never again. <laughs> worst enemy. Uh, completely knocked it out of the park and went seven seven zero seven zero. It's nice to know I can leave for six months and come back and oh, it's still hexproof, huh? <laughs> yeah. No hexproof beat beat everything out uh, by the deck is by Beatnik Bobby. That's his name. Uh, what do we have? What, what do we have in this monster of a deck? We've got four gatekeeper mines. We've got four glade cover scouts. Four hopeful Eidolon, the three Cerulean gatekeepers, three seller of songbirds, three two Aramancers, one Rebelback Rhino. That's hilarious. I like it. He's always uh, been the big finish though that day. Yeah, Celestial, four Celestial Fury, four Essence Scatter, four Ethereal Armor, four Ethereal. Last Breath Ethereal Armor. Fun fact: Chris, other things don't change when you leave yes, for six no. months too. Four um, Last yeah. Breath. Two pacifism, one last, one last thoughts, and two aqueous form as well. Yeah, two aqueous form. Where are that? Did I miss that one? Oops. Yeah, you did. Yeah, two aqueous. I figured form. you skipped over it because you didn't want to say it. Oh. Uh, then are then for lands you got four Azurus Guildgates, four Celestia Guildgate, four Simic Guildgate, four Unknown Shores, two Forest, two Plains, and then the sideboard is Centaur Healers, four Centaur Healers, three Negates. Two naturalized, two Keating apparition, two forced ap- adaptations, one Cerule gatekeeper, and one Aramancer. I think what really makes this deck pop is the fact that uh, enchant- enchantment creatures are a thing. <laughs> so, but, also, but also the fact that they have uh, Aramancer now makes the deck yeah. that much stronger. Because yeah. usually, if you could get rid of like the ethereal armor, you're like, okay, so there's so they can throw out pacifisms and stuff like that. Nothing's that big because. Freaking, a glade cover scout's pretty much worthless on the board if it doesn't have freaking ethereal arm on it. Yeah. Or anything else. So, like, okay, that's not a problem. But yeah, the fact that it's like, ha, I got rid of your enchantment. And Aramancer, you're like, son of a. Yeah, but on top of that, Hopeful Eidolon is a, a card that is kind of a. kind of can be played twice. Yeah. You can play Hopeful Eidolon as a, as a chump blocker. For one mana and early and early pressure, and then you can turn around and let it die, and then just pull an Aramancer and then get it back just to play it play it at, at for, for bestow later on. 
So, aside from Hopeful Eidolon, how is Bestow doing in Standard Popper? Oh, uh, it's been doing pretty well, mainly because uh, it helps let you guys get through on wall situations. So it's like, oh, I could bust through if I had this. So like in the situations like late game, they're good because it's like, okay, this guy's just this much better. I'm going to punch through everything. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Hopeful Eidolon is 1-1 one, one lifelink. And that is a big difference because... Yeah, when those guys are getting through, it's it's they're just gaining life. <laughs> well, that and with it being white, it lets them take black out of the complete picture. So yeah, they didn't need to splash black anymore this way just to no. get up vampire yeah. or embrace the vampire, whatever it was. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't need the black because I know that was always the problem when when we were even brewing with it, just trying to put the black in there effectively, and had like that's the only reason why you wanted black was for that card, and now you know you, you don't need it. Okay, so, so smooth it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That, and on top of that, that bestow is just ridiculous anyway, because even if you're somehow, they do end up making you sack your creature so it dies, Eidolon actually becomes a creature that you can enchant, at worst case scenario. So, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Excellent. But yeah, so I mean that's a that's a pretty decent deck. I mean I understand, I can see where he went seven to zero with this. Just it's impressive. <laughs> Just really impressive. Uh, and then rounding out the rest of it, come on, internet's being slow. Ah, whatever, stupid internet. All right, we're here. Oh, are you trying to look at the top eight for that? Yeah, thing? it was hexproof number one. Then we had two white weenie decks. Then we had uh, Bug Control, piloted by Ever Truly, PK-23, playing, it, playing his deck. Then we had uh, Mono Black Control, uh, I believe is a red deck wins. Oh, uh, let's look at it. I think that's Blue Black Mill? Uh, the Looks kind of... No, that's just... Flame? No, I'm looking at the uh, Demir oh. Pure Fun and Interactions, which is literally, you don't get to do anything by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, it's Blue Black Mill still. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's Blue Black Mill, and last deck on the list is White Weenies again. So, yeah. White Weenies and Hexproof still doing what they do. Yeah. Winning games and breaking hearts. <laughs> Pretty much. Obviously, people aren't sideboarding in five naturalizes or some stuff like that. Nope. That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just haven't hated the deck out enough. So... Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, that's the PDC event. And then uh, what else do we have? We have a uh, Popper Premier event because we, for those that, uh, for those that I don't know, haven't tuned in the last episodes, we we don't uh, cover the t- the eight mans anymore because the eight mans they're there, but uh, you can't build much of a meta game off of single elimination events because it's it just doesn't I mean it's, it's hard to say what's doing good and what's doing say, bad yeah. when it, yeah. one, one misplay ruins the entire thing for you and you're just gone because of it Yeah. or if you just came against that one bad matchup you had yeah it's just so 8-mans we're not covering I'm glad popper premieres are firing off and from what I've seen popper premieres are really firing off so it's just, uh, so these give a little bit better picture of what we're looking at in Popper. Uh, um, and this uh, event, the event was on 3-2-2014. Uh, Chris did not play in this one. Uh, he wasn't in this one, but uh, who else do we got here that might be familiar? Jasiri played in this one. So Jasiri played in this one. Uh, basically, our first place deck was a Perilous Affinity deck. So, Perilous Affinity reigns supreme in this one, which doesn't surprise me, because uh, I think when uh, Perilous Research got downgraded to a common level, I think that was a really a game-changer for Affinity. I mean, we already knew Affinity was a good deck. I mean, there's no denying that Affinity wasn't a good deck. But uh, I think Perilous Research really made that deck even more ridiculous. Just for the fact that it... You're you're cheating you're cheating so much card draw off of that card with uh, chromatic stars and chromatic stars. 
in chromatic spheres. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> to the point that you can build an affinity deck and have a tog in there as a threat, but in most cases, you don't care. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, it, it helps the tog combo out better, but you, you don't necessarily care if you stick in a tog win or not, because... You're dumping so many big dudes so fast that your your opponent's just getting completely overwhelmed. It's like even even in the in the the almighty Delver. I mean I mean I've I've seen Delver decks have problems with affinity because I mean how do you combat counter spells? You only have so many counter spells, and you counter one bit. You count basically it's 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 the game of whack a mole. It's like I'm gonna play Carapace Forager. Okay. Carapace Forger. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play a Carapace Forger. Uh, counter it. That's great. How about this guy? How, how about this Carapace Forger? Damn it. <laughs> so it, they just keep coming out. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I understand why how, how this deck can be in first place. It's just, it's a really good deck all around. It really goes the distance now. So. And then uh, in second place, we've got Delver, a uh, Delver deck. Or no, this is Mono Blue Control, isn't it? My bad. Yeah, this is Mono Blue Control. Second place, we got Mono, Mono, Mono Blue Control by Corota. Corrado? Is that how it's pronounced? Corrado? Corrado in second place with a Mono Blue Control deck. And then uh, we got Confusion. Confusion. Well, in third place, well, he has an I in it. It's really weird. It's really confusing. Well, he's got an I in his name. That's not spelled confusion because, like, it's spelled confusion. There's an I in the middle, or there shouldn't be an I. It's really weird. But uh, it's almost like an amalgamation of Confucius and confusion. Yeah, something. Almost like finding finding deeper knowledge within the not knowing anything. Yeah. Maybe I'm re- reading too much into it. Maybe <laughs> confusion was taken. Yeah. Let's add a vowel. Yeah. Add a vowel and confuse everybody. That, that works. Um, he is the, he got third place with a, looks like we're running, a, the, I want to say this is the older version of Affinity. That's Flare Husks in it. No, there's Perilous Research right there. So we got a, kind of a cross between Perilous and the old, so yeah, it's a little different. And then we have uh, Higher Rule in fourth place with Model Blue Control again. And then we in fifth place we've got Jasiri, which Jasiri's name pops up a lot. He, I mean, he's pretty well known as a grinder for Popper. In fifth place with uh, White Weenie. White Weenie there, uh, basically running. Uh, what do we got here? Yeah, it's just the basic white weenie from the looks of it. So, a couple of modifications. A couple stompy. modifications. A couple stompy modifications. Look, like, there's a stompy modification in there. And, and then there's a. Hopefully, it'll on. Delver Fiend. Yeah. So, yeah, Stompy and Six by Thiago AM. He, he pops up. That guy pops. That guy's name pops up a lot, too. Uh, in seventh place, we've got another Stompy by Korugnol. And then, uh, yeah, Delver in eighth place. Delver Fiend. Yay! My favorite deck. Ma- Ma- Matu Matukata. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's your top eight. And then, of course, they go on, we go down even farther, but that top eight is really what we talk about. So, yeah, this event looks pretty... Uh, well-rounded for the most part. Well-rounded for the most part, but it seems like Affinity and Mono Blue Control had had a fun day compared to all the other decks. So, <laughs> but yeah. So that's that. Um, that's all I really found in the metagame. I really didn't find anything else. Uh, and on MTGO Finance with Dan gone, me being, doing, being that I'm doing eBay, I'm kind of looking at finance from the paper point of view here. And I'll go into my what I was talking about earlier. Uh, eBay hot list. And depending on how people feel about this, I can continue to do this every week. I really don't because I, I pay attention to it now. 
the eBay hot list. Right now on the hot for eBay, your Xenagas God of Rebels uh, is a big card. And he did jump $20. He was 15 and he did actually jump to $20. Uh, Nykthos Shrine of Nyx is another is the next big one. Uh, with modern backs, Splinter Twins are are really really oh, split. Wow, Splinter Twins jumped. Okay, this when when modern went into the season, I think Splinter Twins saw the biggest jump. This card was a dollar. When I <laughs> picked mine up, they were a dollar. It jumped to twenty, and from what I've seen. That from what I saw when this card jumped to twenty, it was an overnight thing where it went was a dollar and went to nineteen and and just bounced nineteen dollars up. So it was even this wasn't a gradual this wasn't a ga- gradual shift to twenty dollars. This was just hey, I'm not a dollar anymore. <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. Uh, Mogus God of Slaughter. He's kind of lower on this list. He's he's kind he's not. He's not like super hot, but he's getting there because uh, as uh, as you're in when it comes to standard, as your uh, your your control decks and your your grill decks are are high up right now. There's a there is a group that is starting to build a decker on Mogus God of Slaughter because he is so abusable, and you could actually build a Rakdos deck around him if it's built right and had do really really good just because what Mogus God of Slaughter does. He uh, virtually when this guy is played in the standard, if you're playing him in your deck in the standard, you're virtually putting your opponent on a clock because he's indestructible and the only way to get rid of him is to exile him. And it's every turn you literally decide whether you're going to take two damage or sacrifice a creature. So there's a little bit of an Eldrazi vibe going on. With yeah, him. pretty much. But he he, I I think this the out of looking at the looking at the new gods, he could stand a chance to actually be pretty brutal, because considering you're playing Rakdos and there's so many other enablers you can play and put into play with him. I mean, your Maze Runner, your your Rakdos Maze Runner is really really good candidate with him because she's a a 3-3 you can unleash and she has first strike so she's cut she can bring her into play as a 4-4 and swing with her all day long between mogus and her they're killing creatures that's all there is to it they're they're just killing creatures and there's nothing your opponents can really do about it because she's just a 4-4 first striker that's coming in immediately uh it's pretty impressive but uh, on to my uh, my 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 little story here, Zenagas, God of Revels. This guy is burning hot in in, in eBay, and uh, I have a friend that's looking for one. So, of course, uh, me being helping, wanting to help my friends out in this this uh, this greater scheme of things than anything, he wants he's he's try he's building a Grill Aggro standard deck. So he wanted a Zenagas, God of Revels. Well, bidding on this card is fierce. You have people bidding on this card that if they can't get it, they're going to bid the price up on it on purpose just to screw just to screw everybody else over so they can go on to the next lot and try to get that one. Because uh, I was watching like three different lots trying to get this card. And uh, at the time, it was at $15. And uh, I really didn't want to spend more than 20 more than twenty dollars to get. I was bidding on a lot that had two of them. It was two Xenagosses, and uh, I was bidding on that. And even though, it, like, I was looking at it as thirty dollars, I'm like, well, I can't really go over twenty because I'm not getting. There's not much profit margin left for me if I do that. So, I literally sat and watched the last half hour. I was watching the last half hour of like. Four different lots of Xenagoths trying to trying to win one of them. Lo and behold, I only won one of them, and uh, I ended up winning the two Xenagosses at uh, twenty two fifty, which at the time I was really not happy with spending that much money on it. But I had gotten to a point where I was just sick of watching for this card. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I don't care anymore. If I have to pay more than twenty, if I have to pay more than twenty dollars to get the stupid card, I'm just gonna do it and just not worry about the profit margin so much. 
Because I'm sick of looking at this damn card and trying to get the stupid thing. So I uh, I, I I put twenty two fifty on it like three minutes to go and just I I I'm like I'm gonna, okay there's there's two of them three minutes to go twenty two fifty fine I'm 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 hoping that the the guy winning this bid is not paying attention because I you get it lets you know on eBay if other people are watching it at the same time and I had tw- I had twenty five dollars on backup ready ready to ready to ready to spam the the bid button if. Uh, if someone else is going to try try getting in on it, but I did win it at twenty two fifty, and then I uh, so I went and paid it right away because that's usually what I do. If I, anything I buy on eBay, I, I pay it right away. I just pay it out immediately. Um, so I won it, and then on my way home from because I was at my in laws. I was at my keep in mind I was doing all this when I was at my in laws' house trying to carry on a conversation with my father in law at the same time. So. <laughs> Real impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so carrying out my carrying out business, talking to my father in law, doing all this at the same time, and uh, so I won it. And I, I, I'm sitting there, and my wife, and my wife, who's in, has been encouraging me in this this pursuit of doing this, she's like, I, I, she's like, did you win it? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you don't look happy. It's like I spent way too much. And I didn't want to, <laughs> but I'm done looking for this stupid card. And then, uh, so on the way home, we get because the internet's reception's really bad, or, or Wi-Fi, or wireless, or my phone. Because I was doing everything on my phone, it was really bad. I hit Saint Cloud. I hit Saint Cloud, so I turned my phone on to look to see what Xenagos is on Star City. It jumped like five dollars and went to twenty dollars. So I don't feel so bad about spending twenty two fifty on on the both of them now. <laughs> so now it's learning when to jump ship. Yeah, pretty much. So I was watching an episode of Extreme Hoarders on Netflix yeah. um, because it's really – that's really good motivation when you're doing house cleaning yeah. over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was a guy that basically had quit quit drinking and doing drugs yeah. and basically replaced it with eBay addiction. Oh, God. So he ended up having some something in the neighborhood of hundreds of skateboards in his house. <laughs> so I'm just going to caution you. No, I'm just doing magic. That's all I'm doing. Uh-huh. And my, oh. like I told, like I, like I was telling, like uh, my family members and everyone that knows I'm doing this. I'm only doing this to, to actually pay for my own hobby. That's it. I'm not trying That's... to get. I'm not trying to make money and open a store. I'm not trying to, trying to. It, it's solely to pay for my magic. That's it. So I don't have to pay for magic out of pockets, out of my own pocket, so much. That's a noble. That's a noble goal. I mean. Yeah, I mean, because that, that's living the dream right there. If you can make that work. Yeah, so. and so far I have because I'm not gonna lie, I've dipped in a little bit. Because like, like when I'm looking for cards to looking for cards and stuff, I come across like, uh, like, Ke- like Kiora crashing of waves. It's a card I want. It's a planes the new the green blue planeswalker. I want her for one of my decks. I came across her and found her at a really cheap price. So. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy it. You know, it's a card that I can I can take off my list of stuff I'm looking for, and I I got it super cheap. So that and the other cool thing about doing this is it's like Christmas every day at my house now. Because <laughs> I made the joke I made the joke uh, just the other day with my when my wife was home because she went, picked the mail up and there was like five packages for me, and uh, I, I sat down. Sat down at the kitchen table. I'm like, I looked at my wife. And said, "Hmm, let's see what let's see what Mr. Yunkin got Nathan today." <laughs> I'm sitting opening. I'm sitting opening the the stuff that I got in the mail, and it's like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm so thoughtful to get this for me. <laughs> but uh, most of it got most of it. I'm selling. It's just there's certain stuff I'm looking for, and like. The money I've made so far has, and I'd like even dipping in a little bit like that, I'm not hurting myself. Because uh, I, I think this weekend, I, I'm out of bubble mailers, so I can't mail anything out. And I, I've let all my buy my my people buying stuff from me know that I have a big long thing written up thanking them for buying my stuff and all that. But uh, I sold like a hundred and hundred and eleven dollars and fifty cents worth of magic cards this weekend. Nice. And yeah, and uh, most of it is just uh, 
I've been, I mean, I've been, I've been buying stuff, but a lot of it is being that I've, I've, I've narrowed myself down to EDH and Popper anymore. I don't need my modern deck. I don't need. There's a lot of cards that are only good in tournament play that I just don't need anymore. So, unless it's EDH worthy, I don't keep it anymore. Like my Splinter Twins, I had to play. I, I had a Splinter Twin modern deck. I had a whole deck, and that was what three sets of dual lands and the there are three sets of shock lands and all of that that that's and for me i bought that a long time ago so that's virtually costing me nothing like all of it is pure profit <laughs> so that's great yeah so that's i mean that's it's it's definitely worth it if you're in it for for magic if you're trying to make a business out of it ebay i wouldn't recommend it to anyone because you, there's costs that come with it because i do free shipping on my stuff it's like a dollar ninety six a package, so it's really not that big of a deal. But uh, if you you got to factor that in if you're actually trying to make money to to support yourself on it. But I'm not. This is purely all the money I make for this is for me. Granted, I give my wife half the half of the like I I split. I give my wife a bit of the profit too, just so she can spend spend too on it too. So. Cause, Grease the wheels. Yeah, it was it was tax money that I got a thousand dollars out of my tax money to start this. So nice. So I basically have a bank account that is just for play, paying for magic. It's kind of fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's basically the finance section for this week. Uh, rage of the week. What do we have? Uh, Rage of the Week, I only found one on Salty Losers, and this was by uh, the person that posted this was Craig Weisgow. The player's name, however, uh, no, the player's name that we're we're confronting here, though, is BGG888. BG88, or BGG88. So, who do you want to be? Do you want to be BGG88, or do you want to be Nakatos for Life? You can be Nakatos for Life. I'll be BGG88. Okay. Ready? Dramatic reinterpretation. Yes, you ready? Hmm. Better luck than good. I mulliganed a three, dude. What more do you want from me? You drew better with a multi three than any of the other games. That's insane. Congrats! Congrats! Can't say I have ever lost to such epic luck. <laughs> <sighs> funny what more do you want from me is great yeah i know so this one's to you bgg88 <laughs> i didn't get it on film um i didn't get it recorded but i think i can pull it again because but it's it's too good to not to not talk about anytime the opportunity presents itself Go for it. i was playing w- with one of my um i think it was my luck sack deck and um i ended up winning and <laughs> Which was as much a surprise to me as it was to my opponent. Um, most of the opponents I played were really cool, um, except for this one. And he said something about, you know, you know, you just won by luck. And I was like, well, yeah, by its very nature, it's a luck sack deck. I won by coin flips. He was like, well, you know, you need to get out of... And I'm playing it just for fun. He's like, you need to get out of classic with these, you know, stupid play-around decks. You know, that's not what it's for. <laughs> and... I could have left it alone, <laughs> but instead, what I said was, "You could have taken the high th- road, but we're not going to yeah, take the high road here." <laughs> I said, "I said thanks for the advice, and by the way, next time you see your mom, tell her that every time I kiss her, I feel nothing." It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're so damn evil sometimes, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Felt pretty good at the time. <laughs> You guys want to do Heroes of the Go Web? Go for it. Yes. All right. Heroes of the Web, the segment of our show where we take a look at some of the more interesting characters that inhabit the internet at large. It does not have to be Magic the Gathering related, but we do our damnedest to find someone that is. And because it's such a goldmine before, I dove headfirst, Splunky style, back into <laughs> MTG Salvation. And in looking, I found this topic called how to explain playing magic in tournaments to someone who doesn't play. And I thought, no, there can't be anything good in here. But lo and behold, quick backstory. 
I was invited to a party on Friday night to celebrate the birthdays of several of my friends. I said that I would love to come, but I had plans running until 11 or 12, and I would make the party after if it was still going on. My friend gets a bit curious and inquires as to what these plans are. Now, I wasn't quite prepared to answer, so I stumbled over my words quite a bit in explaining what a legacy FNM is and why I love it so much. After thinking about it for a bit, I think I prefer a short and sweet explanation. I'm playing in a tournament for a game called Magic the Gathering and then fielding any follow-up questions. Anyways, what are your thoughts? When people ask you what you're doing on Friday night, what do you say? Um, my initial response to this post is um, fielding any follow-up questions. It, it seems like he's doing some sort of press junket or you know, addressing the press conference at large where it's like people are just throwing questions at him left and right. Yeah. So the first response is um, I would say I'm just nerding out. And if someone wants to know more, I'll say I'm playing a tournament for a card game called Magic the Gathering. <laughs> but I wouldn't miss a friend's party just to go to F&M. Happens once a year versus happens every week. I think I'll go to the once a year thing, but that's my personal preference. Next person, I think you should reevaluate your priorities if you skip multiple friends' birthday parties to go play some F&M. Don't be that guy. Um... And then, of course, someone comes to this guy's defense. You know, look, some people just aren't really party people. I know that given a choice between a party and an evening with cards or books, I'm going to take a quiet evening. I would much rather call a friend, tell them I'm not up to a party, and arrange a time to buy them lunch. <laughs> Sometimes being a good friend means putting your insecurities aside to support them. I know if I was having a birthday party, invited somebody that I considered a friend, and then went and played F&M instead of making even a drop-in, they wouldn't be considered much of a friend anymore. Nobody's saying you have to stay and tear up the dance floor all night, but not making an appearance is pretty crappy. God. Wow. <laughs> and then, just tell them it's your competitive outlet. Man, I would kill for some blanking cake right now. <laughs> and then, I like this one, because there's, there's some deep-seated issues going here quote i'm going to a card or card game tournament is my go-to line if people want to know more i tell them but that's usually enough to satisfy curiosity i'm not ashamed or anything but saying a magic tournament just makes people confused because you know it sounds like you're ashamed a little bit <laughs> <laughs> these these damn friends wanting to know what it is i'm up to and and where I'm going on Friday nights, can't they just mind their own business? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's just all this stuff where it's like, if you word it right, you can almost make it sound like you're going to play poker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My friends can't know I play magic, guys. <laughs> Anywho. That's great. Yeah. Love it. I don't know, I guess I don't have that problem because most of my friends do play Magic, so. <laughs> don't have an yeah, issue there. <laughs> yeah. So. But what do we have for shout-outs today? Uh, from Don Juan. That's good. We, we have a few things from him. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if you addressed this one last no, week. No, I didn't. So said, okay. There, you go for uh, it. There's been an email going around for a closed MTGO beta that has a fake client download. Watch the links you click on. So, you know, just like any other spam or potential virus email, um, if you're if you're waiting to get into a closed beta or maybe even not, and you see an email that says, "Ooh, you got invited to a closed beta," just double check and make sure you're not, uh, you know, giving your computer some STD or anything like that yeah. by clicking on something that's fake. <coughs> yeah. Yep. That's about it. Um, yep. Other than that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we're just going to close it down. Uh, shut down shop. Shut down shop. Uh, basically, uh, oh, oh, wow, my mind went blank for some reason. Anyway. Um, how long can they reach you, Peter? <laughs> me? You can catch me on uh, the forums. I'm Midnight03 there, and if you catch me online, I'm the same name there. Cool. How can I get a hold of you, Chris? I am Grey Cat Records online. Um, you know, hit me up. I'll 
play what I'm working on for, you know, my, my article series for sure. Um, basically, the big ways to reach me right now are through, you know, playing for cheaps. You can go playingforcheaps at gmail.com. You can go to the website playingforcheaps.com and leave comments and stuff there. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at CMPlumber. You can yeah. hit me up there. I, I, I enjoy talking to people, so I will certainly talk to you. All right. Uh, me, you can always get me at uh, online, um and uh, the Popper to the People email address, <laughs> popper to people at gmail.com, uh, as well as uh, MTG sales on Facebook. That's a page I started with all the stuff that I have on sale for cards, um, as well as Facebook. I, that, it's just Nathan Yunkin. And then on Twitter, at dot or at Nathan Yunkin on Twitter. So, with that, I guess that's a show. This uh, I'm Nate. I'm Peter. And this is Chris. This is Popper to the People. Popper to the People. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it could be awkward, but since everyone loves like Chris's voice, just say "Pop the People" one more time and just like slow it down. Play some like exotic move- music behind it. Just this is popper to the people. Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>